Welcome, everyone, to Season 2, Episode 1 of Lightworks Podcast. I am your host, Martha Newcomb, and today's episode is The Maltrap, A Word on Gossip. Well, I have to say it's good to be back after some time off. I feel rested and recharged, ready to start a new season of Lightworks Podcast. So before I begin this topic, I want you to know that at times when we learn about something, we may feel um, like the subject is intense and it could be uncomfortable. And I say this because gossip is one of those topics. It is something that we all struggle with. Nobody is exempt from it. But my hope is that through this message that you as the listener will really think about gossip and really help you to guard your tongue and the words that you say. Um, to really think before you speak. As I got ready for this message, you know, God was dealing with me about this in my life. And I know that as you're listening to it, God it will deal, deal with you too. And it's just something that we need to hear. But yes, it is uncomfortable and I'm going to get really in depth in it. Uh, but I just kind of wanted to prepare you as we go through this process and the teaching. So, Going back to the podcast, I want us to first understand that I felt led to phrase gossip in this podcast as the sin of gossip, because at times I think as Christians, we may forget gossip is a sin. And in our minds, we try to justify our reasoning to do it. But before I begin, I want to start with a quote by Wentworth Dillon. And it says, words spoken can never be recalled. Now think about this quote for a minute. The words we speak of others, we cannot take back. Once they leave our mouths, we cannot take them back. Nor the seeds they have planted in those that heard them. If you watched my trailer for season two, I talk about how the sin of gossip is a mousetrap because once we start talking, it's so easy to start gossiping. It's like we don't even acknowledge that we are doing it sometimes. This is how subtle the sin of gossip is. Therefore, I really wanted to clarify what gossip is and what the Bible says about it. In this discussion, we will be going over both private and public forms of gossip. But before we do this, let me define gossip. So what is gossip? First, above all, what I want you to acknowledge is that gossip is a sin and God forbids it. In Ephesians 4.29, it states, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So gossip is defined as sharing information that should not be shared about someone to another person. This can be both good or bad information. However, the sharer of the information shares the information because they believe the information to be true. A sharer of gossip also reveals secrets of others. This includes their faults and failures. Again, the gossiper, um, they believe this information to be true. So it's their perception, okay? 
And they go and they share people's secrets, which includes their faults and failures. They even go as far as sharing shameful and embarrassing details of a person's faults without the person's knowledge or approval. Now, although gossip can be good things shared about another person, what do we typically hear in conversations and see on the news? <clears throat> well, we mostly hear about scandals and slander and basically all the bad stuff that different people do. But why is that? Well, because our flesh is drawn to it. It's also entertaining and distracts us from looking at our own faults. This is exactly what the enemy wants. You see, the enemy wants us to pre preoccupy ourselves with what other people are doing wrong so that we don't work on fixing ourselves. This is exactly what he wants us to do as Christians. Now, let's stop here for a minute. In James 5.15, it states, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So, after reading this verse, whose job is it to be confessing faults to others? Let me say that again. Whose job is it to be confessing faults to others? The person that committed them, right? Because that's what James 5.15 says. So we are called to share our own faults with others for the purpose of healing and accountability. Now, another critical point is the intention of one who gossips. The intention of the gossiper, whether they acknowledge it or not, is to build themselves up by focusing on the faults and failures of others. We see this with the Pharisees in Jesus' day. This is contrary to Ephesians 4.29 because instead of building others up, we are tearing them down through our, our unwholesome talk, okay? So gossip can take place easily during a prayer request. I've, hear, I've heard people make jokes about this, but it's true. You know, we, we mention, hey, can you pray for so-and-so? And then we start, you know, sharing information that we shouldn't share when all we could have just said is, hey, you know, keep so-and-so in your prayer. You know, God knows their need and ended it there. But no, we have to keep sharing and sharing information that, you know, we're not really supposed to be sharing. It could also happen in life groups or work or church meetings, or even small talk, or family gatherings, even on social media, which is huge right now. No matter where we go, we can easily be sucked into it. Like I said, it's a mouth trap. As Christians, we also have to be careful that we do not slander because where there is gossip, slander is not too far away. Now, what is slander? Slander is spreading false information. This includes information that demonizes and condemns others by attacking their character through slanderous reports that are malicious in nature. However, the deception for Christians to participate in gossip and slander 
is in how we justify doing them, which we will get into in a bit. But let me go to James 4.11. It states, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them against the law and judges it. I'm going to say that again. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Now, I know that seems like a lot, but I'm going to break it down for you. Okay. First, it says, do not slander your brother or sister. Then James goes on to say, if we judge our brother and sister, we speak against the law and judge it. So what does that mean? In other words, when we slander someone, we are appointing ourselves as a judge over that person, assuming a position of authority over them, which James. So what James is saying here is that as Christians, if we disobey the law by judging another person, this is a way of putting ourselves above the law. Therefore, we need to be doers of the word, not make ourselves a judge over others, especially when it comes to our brothers and sisters in Christ. Remember, we call each other brother and sister because we are a family. So when we slander someone who is Christian, we are actually speaking ill of ourselves because we are one body. We must remember always that we are a family and that we are all equal in the eyes of God. So nobody is higher than nobody. So when it comes to gossip and slander, think, is this how I would like someone to speak of me? or my family member, or my friends. Trust me, thinking this way will guard you from gossip. Now going back to the law in Leviticus 19.16, it states, Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. So James really wanted the people to see that by slandering someone, whether they think they are right for doing it, they have broken the law by speaking against their brother or sister. It's just like when we gossip, when we are telling of someone else's sins, we think by doing this that we are holding them accountable by telling somebody. This is how, as Christians, we justify it. But in all actuality, we are disobeying God by gossiping. In Leviticus, I want you to see something very alarming. As Christians and as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we need to see what harm our words can do. Again, Leviticus 19.16 says, Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Then it says, do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. 
Don't you find it interesting that right after it says, do not go spreading slander among your people, it goes on to say, do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. Christians, we need to understand that our words we say about others sow seeds. And those seeds, once they have been planted, they cannot be taken back. When we slander someone or when we gossip, we can potentially put that person in harm's way. Think about the Twitter wars that go on constantly or Christians attacking other Christians, making it a public display for the world to see. Calling people out for whatever reason or sharing another Christian's business. Did you know, according to Jewish ethics, now listen to me here, this is pretty profound. But according to Jewish ethics, slander is one of the most severe transgressions. And this is the reason. Because the Jewish people believe that the sin of slander kills three people in one act. The speaker, the listener. And the subject. Brothers and sisters, we do not realize the power of our words and how they will impact the listener, the subject, and even ourselves. There have been people whose lives have been threatened or killed because people within the Christian body have made it their ministry to attack other Christians not realizing the negative impact of their words, especially when their words are heard by people who are looking for validation to injure others in the body. In Proverbs 18.21, it states, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So what does that mean? What it means is, Depending on how we use our tongues, we will receive either good or evil according to the quality of our speeches. This also goes for the listener as well. Remember, those who love it or accept it or even entertain it will eat of its fruit. Now we're about to get deep. And I think this is very important to bring up. And the Lord brought me here. Now this is something that he took me through, but he reminded me of this. And he reminded me of this for a reason. So I can teach you. Okay, so listen to me. A while back, the Lord had brought me to this verse. I'm going somewhere with this, okay? In Ephesians 5.11, it states, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. One of the greatest deceptions and strategies of the enemy is getting us as Christians to use our spiritual gifts to expose others. For example, Denominations attacking other denominations. Preachers attacking other preachers. Political parties bashing each other. 
doctrinal wars between Christian leaders. And a big one that I see a lot nowadays is what I call witch hunting. Okay, this are, these are Christians who basically go on a witch hunt and making claims that a professed Christian is a worker of Satan. And that is very dangerous. Now, what does this verse say in Ephesians 5.11? It says to expose the deeds of darkness. When God brought this verse to me, he wanted to show me that it was not my job to call out specific people by name, but to expose the deeds of darkness. You see, because what God wanted me to understand then is that my battle is not against my brother or sister in Christ, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. This is Ephesians 6, 12. See, my battle is not against a fellow brother and sister. My battle is against the principalities of this world. But see, if the enemy can get us fighting each other, then he doesn't have to worry about us coming after him because we're over here fighting each other. Okay? But we have to go back to the word and we have to see that our battle is not against our brother and sister. And what we need to focus on exposing is the deeds of darkness, not tearing down our brother and sister in Christ. Now, I want you to understand something about our spiritual gifts. They are for the edification of the body. First, what you need is understand that our spiritual gifts are for the common good. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7. Okay, our gifts are for the common good. Tearing down others and gossiping is not the common good. In 1 Corinthians 14, 12, it states, Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. So if you seek to excel in your spiritual gifts, it should be for the edification of the body. And we need to remember that before we use our spiritual gifts to tear down others because it is for the edification of the body. Every gift that you've been given is to build up the body of Christ. So with that said, let me ask you this question. How is talking about another fellow Christian edifying? Or how is discussing the many ways in which a Christian sinned beneficial for the body? How is attacking our, our own person, the body of Christ, helping our, our person? How is it helping the church? It doesn't, right? Now, one of the things I hear a lot within the social media realm, especially Christians that have their own platform, is that we need to correct people because we need to hold others accountable. We need to call them out. Therefore, this justifies our actions to gossip or even slander and make our opinions public for the world to see as well as other Christians. 
But let me remind you of two verses. First, John 13, 35 says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In 1 Peter 4, 8, it states, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. You see, brothers and sisters, love, true love, God's type of love, does not talk about others' faults or sins. It forgives and does not bring up someone's past failures. Okay? <clears throat> now, I want, you, I want to transition to the more public form of gossip and slander because most of what we hear about others comes from social media, unfortunately. <clears throat> For Christians, the deception comes to a belief that it is okay to hold someone accountable through a public rebuke while exposing the person and going into graphic details of their sins. Now listen to me, although the Bible does mention public rebuke, the question I want to ask you, is it your job to do it? Some people have made it a habit to correct everyone they see as problematic or perceive as wrong through a public rebuke in the name of, I'm just trying to hold them accountable. I have to tell you something about correction and rebuke. It should not be taken like light, light, lightly, okay? Or even turned into a tabloid for entertainment or for views or followers or used as clickbait, okay? Because this happens. It's so disheartening to see instances where Christians gained worldly status for gossiping about their brothers and sisters in Christ. When making such statements about our fellow brothers and sisters, do we stop to think about how our words will impact them or their children? Do we think about the seeds it will plant with our listeners? Are we becoming a stumbling block for other believers? Do we think about how personally attacking a person will impact our own spiritual walk and families? Do we think about how what we say through social media will impact the church as a whole and our ability to be the light of the world? If the world only sees us fighting each other, did you know you can expose the deeds of darkness without tearing down your fellow brother and sister? Let me give you an example. I understand there is sexual immorality going on in the church leadership. But I don't have to mention people by name. Remember, we are told to expose the deeds of darkness, not people. To give you more clarity in what I'm talking about, let's look at the story of the wheat and the tares. Another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven 
is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed terrors among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to them, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Listen to me here. Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Hmm. You see, we can learn a lot from this parable of the wheat and the tares. We learn through this parable that it is not our job to make judgments about other Christians. Although I may personally have my opinions about a certain person, I cannot judge their heart, nor do I know everything about them to make bold statements or even publicize my claims for why I think someone may be a counterfeit Christian or a false prophet or a worker of Satan. The Bible does mention that we will know them by their fruit. But we have to be very careful that we don't say things. Because if we say certain things about someone and we're wrong, we're going to be held accountable to God for our words. Like I said, don't take correction and rebuke lightly. You need to make sure that it's done biblically. But anyways... Going back to what I was saying, as Christians, we must be slow to anger, slow to speak, and quick to listen. Now, a word on correction. If we are a person who is constantly looking for someone to correct or call out, we have the wrong spirit about correction. What we must understand is God has an order for it. There is also scripture we need to look at closely. But let me ask you a few questions to think about before we go over the scripture, okay? First, what I want you to ask yourself is, are you speaking to that brother that sinned? Or are you telling others of that person's sin? So are you going directly to that person or are you telling somebody else about what they're doing? Another thing you need to think about is, do you have a relationship with that brother? And have you been praying for that, that person? Another thing I want you to think about are, what are your motives for this correction or this rebuke? And a big one I really want you to think about is 
are you holding any bitterness towards that person or have a spirit of condemnation? Those are all important questions to ask yourself before you go and correct and rebuke. Because this is one of the biggest reasons why Christians justify their reasoning to gossip about somebody. Now let's look into scripture, okay? Because <clears throat> we're going to tackle this together. In Galatians 6, 1, it says, Brothers, if any is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So, first it says, if we have an issue with a person, to go to them. It doesn't say to go tell the world. If you can't get a hold of him because you personally don't know him, you need to leave it in God's hands. And I will say that we have to follow the order of God. God has an order for this. And if you do not personally know that person, okay, you cannot go out of the order. So typically when somebody offends you or, or hurts you, it's typically somebody that you know, okay? It's not somebody else's business where somebody else was offended, okay? Because that has nothing to do with you. That is between that person and another party, okay? It's not your business to go and get involved. Now, if we do know the person, okay? And we have a relationship with this person, we should restore him gently, okay? And it is to be a private matter, okay? God always wants us to deal with a person directly, okay? And it's a more of a private matter, okay? We must also remember that we are susceptible to the same sins. So we ourselves need to watch out, okay? I'm not gonna come on strong on somebody because I am susceptible for the same sins. This will help our approach because if I sinned in the way my brother sinned, would I want somebody to come at me the way I came at them? Those are things that we need to think about. Now, let me elaborate on this a little further. In Matthew 18, 15, it says, if your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. You see that? That's a private matter. You go to that person directly and it's between you and that person. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But again, this is if your brother sins against you. Another thing, Titus 3 verse 10 through 11. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. So does it say to go tell the world of this person? No, what does it say? It says, have nothing to do with him. That's all it says. Notice that these verses address our approach for correction and instruction as a private matter. <laughs> Okay, one 
of the biggest issues with public rebuke is a person will hold themselves as an authority figure over someone that has no relation to relationship to them at all. Not only can this be confusing, but also destructive. In 1 Timothy 5.20, it states, As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. Now, this is the one that people use a lot when they make their YouTube videos and they, you know, talk about, you know, somebody in, in the Christian realm or whatever, or somebody will blog about somebody or shares a post on social media about somebody or whatever, right? <clears throat> There's many different ways this can be done, but it is a form of public rebuke. This is the reason why this verse here is their justification for doing this because of 1 Timothy 5.20. <clears throat> but I want you to understand something here. Paul in this verse is specifically writing to Timothy about the elders within a church gathering, okay? And gives instruction for an instance where an elder is led astray. This is talking about an elder who is persistent in their sin and these accusations that were made were not just by one person, but two to three witnesses. Okay, this is not for a single occurrence. Okay, but one of the things that we forget to look at in these types of situations, because some of us will say, well, Paul did this. But let me remind you, we forget that the Apostle Paul addresses each church with specific instructions. And he was responsible for these churches he addressed. He was responsible for fostering their growth. Okay. Each church had their own set of issues and he dealt with them accordingly. We forget that there are church coverings in place for a reason. This includes a covering that has leaders, elders, deacons, and fellow members of, of a church. These are people that have relationships with one another. These are the people that God have placed in our lives. Like I have a church that I attend and I'm around a certain amount of people and you have your church and so on and so on. Right. Okay. So we have people in place where we are accountable to. Okay. However, we try to go outside of that design and justify our gossip at times by making a certain Christian outside that order, our business, without consulting God about it. You see, we have, we each have belonged to a church and God has given us somebody to watch over us. He's given us leadership and everything. Okay. But sometimes as Christians, in order for us to gossip or do a public rebuke, we try to justify it. Well, it says in here, in 1 Timothy, that I can do this, but there's an order to it. And we need to stick to God's design and how to go about this. We can't just do it our own way. We have to go by the instruction that, that God gives us. So let me help you with this, okay? 
If we see something wrong in a brother or sister outside of our church or even a public Christian figure, our first response should always be to pray. We need to pray for them, not gossip about them. Okay? We need to pray for them. When I personally see something wrong, I pray that God will bring godly counsel around that specific person that can speak to them directly and that the Holy Spirit will work in that person's heart. You know why? Because I love that brother or sister and I want to see them restored. That is the heart of God. I also make an effort to not speak openly about it to others. I leave them in God's hands and so should you. We have to trust God and remember, we have to look at ourselves and focus on our own walk with God. So after all this, before I close, I want you to reflect on a couple of things, okay? The reality is the sin of gossip is based on the belief that something is true about a person along with this eagerness to share it, whether it be good or bad. Slander can be used in gossip to maliciously attack others even though the information is false. However, will the listener view, how will the listener view the information? What seed will it plant? What fruit will it produce? And then you need to think about, what if I'm wrong? Think about all of these things for a minute. How many people have been falsely accused of things and their lives destroyed because of it? Whether I believe something to be true about someone, is it really my business to share their faults or failures with others? Would I like these things said about me or my family? Is it my business to correct certain Christians publicly or make a video or tweet or post about it in social media? I'm talking about when somebody sins, is it, is it our business to talk about it or, or, or publicize it? Something else I want you to think about are who are the people that I'm accountable to and which people are accountable to me? Lastly, do I truly understand that gossiping is a sin? And if so, am I guilty of it? Lastly, I want to leave you with this. To combat sin, we must walk in the fruit of the Spirit. We must love each other and see each Christian as a family member. Therefore, when we talk about them, we are actually hurting ourselves and our witness as Christians. Let me say that again. When we talk about other Christians, I'm talking about when we gossip, we are actually hurting ourselves 
and our own witness as Christians. <clears throat> Remember John fifteen thirty five. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. <clears throat> Excuse me. In 1 John 1, 9, I want you to understand that <clears throat> I've been guilty of this many times throughout my life. Okay. But the great thing about God is that he is forgiving. In 1 John 1, 9, he talks about <clears throat> that when we go to God, if we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we're guilty of sin and we know that we've been doing this, we can go to God and repent and ask him for forgiveness and he will forgive us and cleanse us. But it is important that we choose to speak life. It is important that we choose to speak things that are edifying to the body. And that we need to guard our tongue. <clears throat> Remember, we must walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Because people will know us by our fruit. And one of those fruits, one of the fruit is to love. So love one another, brothers and sisters. I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And like I said, if you feel like this is an area you need to work on, you can go to God and he will forgive you and set you free of this. And every day you just have to make an effort to choose to obey him. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you all later. God bless.